Now, Lord, on this blessed day, deliver us from all the evil that surrounds us. Free our minds, O oh God, and unite us to serve thee. May the words that I speak bring you praise, Lord, and never, never shame. And it is in the name of a risen Lord that we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. The sermon for this blessed morning, a wonderful, wonderful life. A wonderful, wonderful life. I sat at the bedside several years ago of an elderly member who knew that her time was short. She knew that soon and very soon she wasn't going to see the king. I sat there, I dozed off, she dozed off. And when she, uh, when I opened my eyes, she was smiling and she said, uh, Reverend, I have had a wonderful life. I've always, I was always, for whatever life brought me, I was always prepared. And as I look back, thought back over what she'd shared with me, she'd had three miscarriages. Husband died early, six babies to raise, working two jobs, mistreated often at work, shared a story that one of the ladies she worked for passed away and she told her husband, he said, well, I don't, don't know anything about what she owes you, so you won't get any money this week. She said, I was always prepared. How do you prepare for losing a child? How do you prepare for mistreatment? So survived breast cancer, but she said, I was always prepared. I had a wonderful life. I think all of us seek and desire for ourselves, for our children, for our families. We want everybody to have a wonderful life. We just had an election where we talked about everybody having right to a wonderful life. But what does that look like? Does it mean money? Does it mean stuff? Does it mean status? Does it mean education? What does having a wonderful life mean? Now, if we go to the text, the text might give us some insight as to what a wonderful life really means. You got versions, half of them wise and half of them foolish. Preparation, <laughs> I think preparation, as my grandfather taught me, preparation is the key to anything and in order to have a wonderful life like the lady was dying she was prepared for anything how do you get prepared five virgins are wise five are foolish five carry the extra fuel for their lamps and others didn't five went to sleep five stayed awake what's the difference in life between being prepared and unprepared First and foremost, for the Christian, for us, spiritual preparation means we are aware, very much aware of what we need, not because of who we are, because the God we serve, because we are enlightened by God who tells us what we need for the journey. The virgins didn't have the fuel, so when life gets dark, when, they, when it got dark on them, they were hopeless, had to beg and ask the others, give me some fuel, but the others said no. You have to be prepared yourself. Preparation in life. We talked about Kamala Harris and her journey. She was prepared. It's not just prepared, but stuff. She was spiritually prepared for all the things that would come her way. 
and didn't allow anything to stop her because she was prepared. She had a fuel, extra fuel. When time get, times got dark in her life, she had extra fuel. Ready, willing, and able to face the adversity, to face storms, to face darkness. She was prepared. Getting folk to be prepared, helping folk to understand that they got to be prepared is a, is a tough task because we take so much for granted. We live and go through life and when things are going good, we never think, we just don't think about where that fuel and the energy is coming from, but to be spiritually prepared to have a wonderful life, to be spiritually prepared, you've got to have some focus and that focus means that you got to leave the realm of, of the secular and enter the realm of the sacred. I stand on holy ground. Lord, how do I behave on holy ground? I stand on holy ground. Lord, what would you have me to do on holy ground? It is more than about being about the verbiage, about what we say. It is usually about what we do. The woman who was dying said, I had a wonderful life. Because in the midst of, in the midst of having, having miscarriages, she didn't mourn. She didn't just keep mourning the loss. She praised God for, her, for the time that she did have babies, the six babies she had to raise and the love and the nurture and the care for her. For, she was prepared for them. She didn't, she didn't delve in the past. She, she looked forward to the future and she embraced what she had. The little money she made and raised, she used it properly and wisely. And she taught her kids every step of the way and she embraced God's family and the family of God embraced her. And so you know that uncles and aunts and friends and relatives helped her nurture her babies. How do we stay that prepared? How do we keep fuel in our lamps? We stay like that because we stay close to God. Stay close to God. It is a journey. You need to stay close to God. Not just talk about it, but stay close to God through prayer, through reflection, through kindness, through love, more than anything. If you're prepared, you're prepared to love God and love God's world. It's so easy to talk about love. It's a, it's a more deliberate thing to live it out. It's easy to talk about kindness. It's easy to talk about how good we are but it's really hard to show it sometimes. People don't wanna hear a sermon, they wanna see one live that every day. A wonderful life, what does that mean? As I watched the elections uh, 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 this week and I, I watched a young man, young commentator, Van Jones, who comes from West Tennessee Went to UT, University of Tennessee at Martin, Tennessee, Yale Law School, West Tennessee, young man, grandson of a bishop, nurtured in the gospel. But I watched him on television, and when, the, when, 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 when they claimed that Biden had won, the flood of emotion that came over somebody who's normally calm and it and, 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 and polished and, 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 and ready for television. The flood of emotion that rushed through his veins when he talked about it, it's like he could breathe again. In a world, those who are prepared for living had endured so much. Those who were spiritual had endured so much. And yesterday, God said, you can breathe again. 
I have come down and intervened in this mess and it's not over yet. The mess is not cleared up, but I'm starting a new thing. Now watch Van as he as he as he searched for words and and then tears flooded because it was so emotional. Life gets emotional, but you we're prepared to embrace it. We're prepared to take whatever comes, but we need the Lord to lean on. Lord, deliver me. I can see Van saying, "My my my granddad, the bishop, has taught me faith. My mother, and my father have taught me faith. Life has taught me faith." But now, Lord, I've seen you act. And I know, I know, I know, I know, Lord, I've seen you act. And I know that I'm not alone. I know that I don't journey alone. Praise be to God that we are prepared for a wonderful life, which doesn't mean life is going to be easy. Doesn't mean we're going to get all we want. But it means that we're just glad to live day by day on this journey with God's people. And every day we pray for righteousness. We pray for the homeless to have play, a roof over their head. We pray for those without, without, without medicine to have insurance. We pray for those who look down upon. We pray for the soldiers who gave all they gave, could give in Vietnam to finally come home to find a country that says, I'm glad you were there. I'm glad you fought for us. When you're prepared, you understand that there'll be some dark days and some sad days, but at the end of the journey, you can say, Lord, I've had, I've had more good times. I've embraced more love because you are who you are and you have kept your word to me, Lord. You have helped me on my journey through divorce, through miscarriage, through death, through, through, through betrayal, through whatever it is. At the end of my time, I can still say it's a wonderful life because Lord, you have given me such the riches of life. You've allowed me to see roses bloom. You allowed me to see the rainbow in the sky. You've allowed me to see babies and five mothers and fathers loving their children. You've allowed me to see the glory of and the splendor of who you are. And I know, and I know, and I know, and I know, Lord, things are like they are because you have so ordained it. And no matter what evil comes and faces, Come, we come against, we can overcome it. If we stand in solidarity together and keep our eye on the cross, nothing, no storm, no enemy, no nothing can prevail against God's people. Because we know that to have a wonderful life, you gotta keep the oil in your lamp. You've gotta keep your lamp burning. And you do that by trusting God. You do that by not being judgmental. I, as this election process went through, I watched judgmental people in all categories, black, white, Hispanic. There are people who are judgmental and who stand back and want to appear to know everything and have all answers. But if you can throw stones, remember the song, people who live in glass houses ought not be throwing stones. Jesus said to the, when, when the woman was caught in adultery, you without sin, throw the first stone. It is so easy for me to sit in my warm, comfortable home, blessed 
blessed by God to have it with food in my freezer and on my table and have all the things I want and to point fingers at somebody else. How, how dare any of us, as we go through life, how dare any of us look down or assume we know what's going on in somebody else's house. You don't have a clue. You can make some assumptions, but keep them to yourself. If we are prepared for living, we're prepared for loving people and meeting them where they are. This journey that we own, the journey, the desire to have a wonderful life, it gets better and better when we realize that the world is not about us. It gets better and better when we realize that, that, that we too will die one day. It gets better and better when we realize that we're all here to leave the world better than we found it. That if we, if we, if we, if we give more than we take, if we pour out more love than we bring in, if, if, if we give a pour ourselves out on God's altar and say, here I am, Lord, take me, then that's got to be a wonderful life. Lord, here I am, take me. Let embrace me. Tell me what you would have me to do, Lord. We can have a choice to live a wonderful, rich life that includes people or to sit around counting the money we make and the stuff, the accolades and all this worldly stuff and to talk about the splendor and all that we have as the world hurts because we have chosen to fortify ourselves with our stuff, paper our walls with our money, take our time from the poor and the homeless and the neglected and not give a word of encouragement to the despondent. That's our choice. But you can't have a wonderful life when it's all about you. And at the end of the day, when we ask the ultimate question and people want to ask you, are you really having a wonderful life? You got to be able to say, I've been blessed. I've been better than blessed. But the reason I have a wonderful life is that I'm surrounded by God's people. I can feel God's Holy Spirit adorning me. And I know and I know that I live, a, I, I, I stand on the shoulders of giants who have gone before me. And I look to the future for those yet unborn to do even greater things. I look to the future for God to make a way out of nowhere. I look to the future for things to get better. I look to the future for people in Asia and Africa and the United States and South America and all to realize that we're all brothers and sisters and we need one another. That we're no, no Democrat, no Republican, no black, no white, no rich, no poor. We need one another. And the same blood from Adam and Eve that pumps through all of our veins matters. And the spilling of blood matters because blood is sacred. It is God's blood. We don't, it's not ours to spill in, under any circumstance. And a life is not ours to take under any circumstance. A wonderful life means that we appreciate the value of life. At the end of the day, we're able to say, I kept my lamp filled, Lord. I was ready. I was ready because I allowed your Holy Spirit to embrace me. And I embraced your Holy Spirit. Lead me, guide me, direct me, order my steps. 
I'll be scared as daylights to sing that song, Order My Steps, when I'm going in another direction. Where I'd be careful, watch people on television, be careful what you're saying, be careful what you say, be careful what you do, because I firmly believe that sooner or later, if you don't live it out, it gets stuck in your throat. Sooner or, lot, sooner or later, you'll choke on the lies. You gotta be deliberate about living the way God wants you to live. And that's living a non-judgmental life. But it's living a life where you ask on a constant basis, Lord, what would you have me to do to make it better? We can talk about Stacey Abrams. We can talk about Kamala Harris. We can talk about uh, uh, Brother Lewis. Talk about all these folk who are giving it all. But the question is, stop. one day we'll have to stop just pointing to people who've done it and do it ourselves. Got to stop pointing and talking about, I love these folk, but if in order to honor them, as they, Brother Lewis and others that have gone in order to honor, and Dr. King, in order to honor them, walk in that direction and live that way. Can you imagine what the civil rights movement would have been like if we didn't have, we had more than 10 or 20% people in it? If we had all the folk ready to risk their lives and risk everything, if we had all the folk in any cause, how things would get much better. We need you in the army. We need you involved and we need you to do what God called you to do. And at the end, you can say, Lord, I had a wonderful life. I gave my all and all and all. The great Mahalia Jackson was begged to sing rhythm and blues. So many people left the church to sing rhythm, rhythm and blues. It didn't mean that they were not Christian. They just chose to make more money. But the great Mahalia Jackson always said that, Lord, you call me not to sing for my glory, but for your glory. And I'm going to stay where you put me. I, I'm not going to talk about my brothers and sisters who chose to do something else. That's their choice. But you allowed me to make my choice, Lord, to do what I do for the edification of you. And that's what I'm going to do till the day I die. And that's what she did till the day she died. Not a perfect human being. Certainly by no stretch of the imagination did she, she say she was. But as she got older and a voice got challenged, she still said, thank you, Lord, for the life you've given me. Thank you, Lord, for the journey you've allowed me to be on. And thank you for the blessings through pain and, and, and old age and whatever. Thank you, Jesus. I've had a wonderful life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I question, are you having a wonderful life? Let us pray. Lord God, we seek to have a wonderful life. It's not about riches and fame and glory, but it's about being prepared for what you call us to do. We want to be like the wise virgins who are prepared and equipped and ready for the journey. Lord, help us to seek and have a wonderful life, which means engaging and loving and caring for people. For those who are listening, oh God, and desire to have a stronger, wonderful life, totally prepared, lamps trimmed and filled. We offer you a chance to contact us 
and keep on this spiritual journey by joining God's kingdom. We've given you information to contact us. My number is available if you just need to call me as a pastor. And for those who are leaving us on Facebook, and those who are staying with us, you can make that same proclamation during our glory sightings. But we give thanks to God for the ability to live a wonderful life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen.